Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On today's show, I don't know. I think that's a tribute to the late great Diego Maradona, but other than that, No ideas, bruv. I ain't on it. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pod of Two Halves, the footballing podcast to discuss all things football over the last week. And as I said before, with our strong opinions from the guy opposite me, um, I should probably actually tell the listeners now we might have some technical issues because I've already done an introduction and I got cut off. Uh, it was a fucking great introduction as well, and I'm really pissed off because, I don't know, I've now got to start all over again. Um, what did I say last time? Was I, I mean, I, I addressed the elephant in the room in terms of that we don't you have did. Mikey. He's not then, with us. I, no, but he's crucially not dead. Um, That's it, I said he wasn't dead. I criticised that he didn't have any internet, and then lo and behold, my internet then actually cut out, so... Yeah, I guess that's... Uh, karma, I think that is. That? Instant karma, right? That's what they call it. Instant, Instant karma. karma. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Tr- trust it's all to go to shit when the tech guy isn't here. Well, that's right, yeah. But um, yeah, as I said, unfortunately, we don't have Mikey. He is... Uh, yeah, he's not dead. He's just sorting out his uh, internet connections. Hopefully, he will said he'll have it for tomorrow. So he will be back next week. Fingers crossed. Uh, so, unfortunately, you guys, you've only got me and Woods to listen to today. So, I'll go to the guy that we're mentioning, Mr. Woods. How's it going? Good, mate. Good. Good. Your internet Good. working Solid. fine? Yeah. I, I'm not going to tempt fate, mate, with that. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I hope so. It's, 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 it seems to be okay right now. Um, it was a bit concerning that you were... Um, it was probably the greatest intro to anything of all time, right? And then all of a sudden, just stop, and we'll never see it. The listeners will ever never hear it. Um, it's lost, lost the time now. Uh, so we've got what we've got now, um, and we'll live with that. But yeah, no, I'm good. You know, um, started to get into doing some some exercise for the first time in about seven months. So whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Uh, you haven't been exercising at all. 
Not really, mate. No. Uh, Not even some weights in the old living room. You know, a couple of dumbbells. Well. No, because we haven't really had the space nor the time with one reason and another um, kids and having another one and uh, flitting between two places because you know, we moved in with the, the in-laws during lockdown uh, due to having a toddler and a pregnant wife. So, uh, But yeah, started getting involved so, in so, that. So uh, underneath that T-shirt, are you looking like you know an old man undertaker now, you know? Where he went, back in his younger days, <laughs> he was beefed up. Probably. Yeah, you know, like the the old man Undertaker from the last ride, where just everything just seems to just go to shit. Yeah, no, um, I don't think I'm quite there yet. But then again, I am twenty years younger than the Undertaker, so it'd be a pretty depressing situation if I was in that situation, right? <laughs> yeah, well, true. Well, glad that you are hi- hi- well, you know, getting back into the fitness. Because to be honest, I'm no, I'm quite bemused. I, I just thought you would have been doing a little bit of workout because I know you said at one stage, like lockdown, you were doing a bit of running, which. It's yeah, probably the opposite. Yeah. I'm not going to call you a bodybuilder, but you're you're a man that likes weights. I, I do like weights, um, mainly because running hurts my ankles. So um, that's that's one of the reasons why. But even that just became difficult. Work commitments early became a problem, and then um, looking after a child early became a problem. Look, it was just a combination of things, um, and probably lack of motivation. Um, I know that uh, tomorrow um, the gyms are open, so all the meatheads can go into the gyms and um, without their masks and without their social distancing and talk about government conspiracies and all of this. Hey, look, here we go again. Here we go again. We're sliding here into we the politics. <laughs> so hang on, just to clarify then, so you're not going to the gym? Why no. are you going to the gym? No, mate, I, I'm not going into a gym. Um, those guys haven't got a clue. Like They genuinely believe... A lot of these people, these these gyms, um, believe that this is all a government conspiracy. Um, I I want to see my parents and my uh, in laws at Christmas without the risk of killing them. Um, so that's why I'm going to stay away from from a gym because I don't believe that they're a particularly safe place to work in. Yeah, it's, it's fair dues. I can't can't really argue with that. Um, yeah, fair enough. Uh, you'll be pleased to know I've got the Christmas tree up now. I'm now getting into more of a Christmas spirit. Wonderful. Well, it's the first, isn't it? Right. So. The bank account is taking a hit as well as Christmas presents are now being bought. Yes. Yeah. Did you did you get the the Black Friday shopping for that or? I did a bit of Black Friday shopping. Yeah. I probably also did a bit probably a bit too much for myself rather than actual Christmas presents for other people. (laughs) (laughs) End up. It's always the risk of Black Friday shopping, mate. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I saw these trainers. I was like, oh fuck it, I'm going to buy them. They're like they're like thirty five pound. They were seventy. I'm getting involved. There you so, go. So I Half price. And then I saw a pair of jeans and I was like, fuck it, I'm having a pair of jeans. Then I saw a hoodie and I was like, fuck it, I'm having a hoodie as well. Lee's living <laughs> the good life. Yeah. Right? He's kitted out. I am. Well, I'll, no, I'll be kitted out. When people Christmas. ask, you know, what, what, did, what did you get me for Christmas? It's like, I got you a hoodie for myself. Yeah, I've also got a girlfriend that has decided to have, I say decides, obviously she didn't decide, but she has a birthday in the middle of December as well, on the 14th. So it's like Oof. double whammy. I've got birthday present and christmas to think of it's not it's not great it's, it's not, not great for mate. my for my wallet put it that way no lauren's birthday is like the start of of january so we kind of get through christmas straight into that so similar situation um, yeah i mean like it's, it's it's i guess like christmas is expensive right it's like why you wouldn't do a stag do in february <laughs> Ooh, Ned. he doesn't listen does he flint <laughs> but Flint, if you are listening, this is the t- I, I do this. I do this as a test because if he does listen, 
To be fair, we shouldn't say anything just in case... Probably shouldn't. I've just realised this as well, mate. Just in case the stags listeners, we won't say any more. That's done. All we'll say is that we've got a stag coming up soon and we're fucking looking forward to it. Yes. Giddy, mate. After the year that we've had, we're basically, we really haven't seen each other, have we? Exactly. As a, as a group, we've not seen each other in, in a year. Um, I've only seen you and, and Mikey the once. Um, when it's it was exciting allowed. to think that it was allowed. We were outside of that... Uh, lockdown and other things uh, it was okay at that time it was, it was a better time it was that lull where we all believed that we were kind of back to normality the while hundreds of people were dying each day away. <laughs> and then the, the winter brought come back winter is coming as along with the coronavirus again but yeah maybe we should use this opportunity as well just to say to our good friend jackson um mm. who I, we do know listens jackson no no spoilers here for the stag Keep a, keep your mouth strong. Yeah, keep it keep it cool, mate. Um, no need cool. to be kind of talking about anything, right? But the listeners Nothing. aren't here. They're not here to listen about us talking about stags that you know they're not going to be attending. They're not going to be getting involved in. They are here for the football, no. so we we should crack on um, now. Oh, unfortunately, well, I say unfortunately is the wrong word. Uh, basically, we record on a Tuesday, and then last week. Lo and behold, just after that, that Tuesday, we had some sad news, obviously, with the passing of Diego Maradona. Um, we, we we have to, obviously, we have to mention, we have to mm. talk about him because of the sort of legacy that he that he's left on football and sort of, well, he, you know, he's just the all-round persona of, of Diego Maradona, probably one of the best players to ever grace our planet in terms of his footballing ability. Um we do want to kind of discuss it more for the football rather than the other things that do come mm. with him. Unfortunately, I know. Um, obviously, we, I, I'm going to I'm going to mention Piet Shilton just because that guy's an arsehole. Whenever <laughs> yeah. there's a Diego Maradona story, he will pop up. I fucking hate Piet Shilton. I mean, I despise the guy. Um, there was Get inevitability over it. about it, right? So Diego Maradona passes away, and. Immediately news cycles like, let's talk to Peter Shilton um, about Diego Maradona. And the classy thing for Peter to do would have been like, I don't want to talk about Diego Maradona. Because he has personal feelings, right? He's never getting over it. Mm. He's 34 years. He's still not over it, right? Um, So he's not the person to talk to about Diego Maradona. Like within hours of the news breaking, there was a long piece from Peter Shilton about why like Diego Maradona, um, great football, but like terrible person. This, this from a person who um, I found out uh, likes to point the finger at cheaters while stealing other people's wives while married. Um, so I guess he kind of, uh, he'd be an expert in identifying cheaters. So th- he does have that. Um, the one thing I did enjoy, look, Peter Shilton's a scumbag. I don't like the guy. Um, he's, <laughs> you only have to look through his Twitter feed to understand that he and I are never going to be on the same page about anything. Same um, here. Same here. Mm. So, yeah, you know, we're three liberal lefties in this podcast, <laughs> although there's just two of them here right now. Um, was <laughs> Gaza fucking buried him on Good Morning TV, it and it was beautiful, mm. just beautiful, because <laughs> Gaza's line of, he made you, Peter, was perfect because he did Peter Shilton can go, go on about record number of caps record number of appearances um, at club level in England and no one cares because the only reason we know who Peter Shilton is is because Diego Maradona at 5 foot 5 managed to out jump him 
and score a goal with his hand and then scored the greatest goal of all time in World Cup history. So Peter Shilton generally wouldn't exist to us this, without Diego Maradona. This is the thing as well, because obviously because of his passing, there have been a lot of videos, especially in particular in regards to that game in 86. And how have you look at it, whether you watch the, the actual the, 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 the footage the, you know, in action or if you look at the stills, it's like, how how is a guy of small stature, is it five foot five, you say? How, five foot five, how has yeah. he outjumped you? Why have you when you look at his feet, they've barely left the he's, ground. He's barely t- left the and ground, he's gone right? In with like a little feeble hand. It's like basically he, he knows he's he knows he, he's done well, I say done wrong. He knows he, he his goalkeeping wasn't up to the you know what it yeah, should have been. It wasn't up to snuff, was it, right? It, it was wasn't a big moment. And the thing is, as well, like we, we've mentioned this before about Peter Shilton, like what, what, what has he done? When I think of Peter Shilton, I just think of the bad moments for, for England. Yeah, because you know, the other moments is, like, yeah, exactly. Because this is the thing: Peter Shilton was going on about how how they were robbed of a semi final, but he was lucky enough to play him on four years later, a semi final that he contributed to England losing by basically he, being lobbed on his own line. <laughs> from a free kick Again, the, and then he's, he's, diving after the penalties had gone in he waited for the ball to go a direction so he could come out afterwards and claim at least he dived the right way that's that's Pete, that sums Pete Shilton up perfectly to me and again like, Gaza, Gaza fact, mug, mugged him off on the coach and the Gaza, way back Gaza mugged him off on the coach for it Same, well, we'll um, save one of those, I mean I can't believe we're talking about Peter Shilton when we should be talking yeah, about Diego to be fair, Maradona that's my but, fault because um, when, like, as I said maybe when I think of Diego Maradona I naturally think of Peter Shilton and that's the only time I ever think about this guy they, it's amazing that to to the English, their legacies are somewhat tied, right? Um, you know, when, when, when we go back, because you and I aren't old enough to have watched Diego Maradona in his prime. Um, oh no! You know, he he was a superstar. Not, just, I think a superstar sells it short. He was beyond that in the eighties, um, and by the time he got to like nineteen ninety, he was already a spent force. And then it just obviously falls apart from that part on, but. Uh, growing up in England, um, Maradona is somewhat of a mythical being in many ways. Um, he was this exceptional footballer, but ultimately in this country, everyone wanted to talk about was the hand of God, right? That's um, right, because I, 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 grow, growing up, that's how I thought of him. I thought of him in a negative yeah. way almost. You know, I didn't Absolutely. have no appreciation of his football. Well, just, we didn't have the internet, right? I've got to remember, we didn't yeah. have the ability to go on the internet and find highlight reels of the best of Diego Maradona. We had to wait. Uh, to really grow up and really start uh, understanding and appreciating the play he was. Because sadly, again, we were brought up in this country who can't let it go, right? It, it was, well, we saw that with the headlines it, it as well, didn't we? Oh, when, when he did Jesus. pass last week, you know, the yeah. the tabloids, you know, they, they still can't let it go or they need to obviously pander to their audience. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's, 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 there's two types of people in this world. Uh, you've got people that... Uh, voted for Brexit, uh, believe COVID's uh, a government conspiracy um, and hang on to the fact that Diego Maradona's a cheat. And you've got the good people. And good people um, took a moment to really appreciate greatness and the other lot um, were pissing and moaning about him being a cheater and, and moaning about the fact that he got a moment's uh, silence uh, at the football grounds th- uh, around the country. You know, let, let them be them. Right, I don't need to know about them. I don't want to talk. If you if you are one of them and I'm upsetting you, it's because you're a snowflake and I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> I thought we were the snowflakes. I, I love for, yeah, <laughs> exactly for 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 the, for someone that I never got to watch, um, be it on TV 
or in person. Or it's someone that I was never going to meet in my life. I love Diego Maradona. Everything about him I love. Even the madness that kind of accompanied him. Um, it's kind of a sad tale. You've, you've seen... Have you seen the, the, the movie documentary yet? Um, no, well, this is... I was going to mention this because um, I do have it lined up to watch because when it did originally uh, air, I think it was maybe mm. a year or two ago, the um, yeah. only caught sort of the last 45 minutes, which was when he was in uh, in Naples at, playing for Napoli. So that was kind yeah. of the downfall of his career. I missed sort of the first hour or so of the yeah. documentary, which probably obviously is going to highlight his when he was at his prime. I mean... It's an incredible two and a half hours um, and it's incredibly well put together and it's just a fascinating story of a a, a, a person who basically was a Jekyll and Hyde. You know, Diego and Maradona were two separate beings um, that came together to create um, arguably the greatest footballer of all time and they couldn't have become the greatest footballer of all time without each other because Diego was um, the person that... Um, worked right. He, he he obviously was blessed with um, gifts, but he worked. He worked to be the best. Well, Maradona was the arrogance, the swagger that kind of gave him the confidence to be able to go on the field and do things like he did to the entire England team for that second goal in '86. And it's a fantastic tale because um, he grows up. He he does what he wants. He, he played football to get his mum out of the slums. He bought his mum a house. That's what he wanted to do. And it goes through to his time at Barcelona, which is obviously brief. Um, Didn't quite work out. Horrible him, injury. Oh, God. Yeah, he, he got a horrible injury. I mean, he got kicked to pieces in that league. Um, record fee of five million at the time in 1982, just before the World Cup. And, well, it's um, the injury that you talk about. It's one that you have it's the one to that YouTube. Le- because it's a yeah. horrific oh, it's tackle. Like. It's a terrible tackle. I mean, he, he got he put a receipt on that one uh, when they met the following season. I think it was severe. And he literally shining wizard someone. Uh, for anyone that doesn't... Like, proper knee to skull, man is out. Out cold. <laughs> like, it's an incredible bit of footage. But, um, yeah, just it just didn't work for Diego. And after that that whole situation because his ankle injury and that's an ankle injury that lived with him for the rest of his career you've got to remember like ankle injuries like that in the 80s we're not talking about modern science where you're kind of able to kind of have everything that uh, comes with uh, rehabilitation that we get now especially uh, the type of he, player that he was as well like he, yeah. he, your ankle's almost quite important because of the agility the yeah. way he, he moved and absolutely balanced. the way he shifted absolutely um, apparently it was something that he had to have medication for for the, the rest of his career to deal with the pain but he gets a move to Napoli for 6.9 million, I believe it was in 84, which is a two time record. Um, so back to back, which I think um, R9 later did uh, for his transfers to Barcelona and into Milan, respectively. Um, Napoli at the time had no money. Um, so immediately you can kind of put two and two together because the mafia are around and they're basically financing this thing. So, but Napoli before Diego were nothing. A complete nothing um, and he carried them and he, I mean legitimately carried them to two titles two Scudettos he won a UEFA Cup as well with Napoli as well incredible achievements but the downfall well. comes yeah so the downfall comes for Diego at Napoli because he wants to break free um, you, you see this in the documentary it's insane I, I've never seen it. Remember like when Michael Jackson used to go places and it was just hysteria. Mm. Maradona lived in hysteria. The, 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 uh, I can't think of the, the word. It's, they're not in the Napoli. It's like nib. But the people of Napoli were just obsessed with this guy. He was a god to them. 
but he was a living God who moved among them. So they were just completely all around him all the time, and he couldn't get away, and he couldn't get away. And then eventually, what the owner, you know, he asked the owner to, you know, let me go. Uh, the owner said no, and then he had to find another way to escape. And escaping for him was um, cocaine, and obviously the cocaine would end up with him having um, a ban. Um, from in ninety one, mm. um, and then his subsequent move to Severe, which is kind of forgotten about. I don't really know too much about his time at Severe and everything. Kind of the career, literally after twenty nine years old. So it kind of peaks like a well, it peaks at eighty six, um, where I believe he wins the Scudetto and the World Cup, which is a remarkable achievement. And then talking about eighty six, we're talking about five goals, five assists. Um, you know, the only player to do five and five at a World Cup tournament. Um, and I think no one's had more goal contributions since, is the word. Just Fontaine obviously got 13 for France in 58, but it's just an incredible achievement um, at that tournament. That was the peak, and he still had it going into 90, but after 90, it just fell apart. Just It was finished. Um, you know, and you got the artist formerly known as by the time he got to the World Cup in 94, and it was all gone. Um, and obviously, subsequently, he went through his, his demons, and... I kind of think you you, you know these people. Um, you read about you, you we have, we have Gaza right, mm. and when football was taken away from him, you saw what happened because football was the only thing that he could um, focus his positive energy on. And when he didn't have that, it was just all negative. And that kind of Diego went through that for a long time. Um, and I think kind of getting into management for a time helped him refocus that. Um, he wasn't a good manager often these players that are born out of inspiration they just don't have the ability to to manage because ultimately um they weren't tactically astute as players they just played on instinct to uh with their exceptional gifts so you know in, in, a, in a funny way people talk about obviously Lionel Messi never achieving the world cup he's probably his best chance was in 2010 right Lionel Messi probably at the peak of his power somewhat around that time I think he was 23, 24. And ultimately, his opportunities were cut short because he had a manager who was Diego Maradona, which is just incredible when you think about it. Um, you know, four years later, he would get to a World Cup final and lose 1-0 to Germany, which is something that Diego also did around the same age. It's, it's, it's similar ages to the 86, uh, 90 and um, uh, t- 2010, 2014 for those two. And, you know, Lionel Messi, for me, is the greatest footballer of all time. But Diego Maradona is number two. I've always said that. Um, the similarities between the two is just remarkable. They, it, you, you'd think if they were separated by a longer time, right, that, that it's a genuine reincarnation yeah. of one player. It's just the case that the personality is different, right? The playing style and ability is very similar. But um, Leo is a completely different individual to what Diego was. The madness doesn't exist Thus, his career's elongated and he's been able to hit higher highs. Like, um, the one pleasant thing about the last week is that people have not spoken about numbers, right? The game's gone to numbers. People want to talk about numbers and I can't deal with people talking about football numbers because um, Diego Maradona's numbers are not exceptional. They're not... If, if you put his numbers out there, you'd think, you know, good player, but you wouldn't talk about putting him into the Pantheon of Legends. It's all on the eye, um, what you see with Yeah, with absolutely. Which is what the game's about. That's why it's the beautiful game, because it's not just about putting the ball in the eye. I know that winning football matches is about putting the ball in the net, right? That's how you win games, but that's not why we love the game, right? 
That's not why we love the game. And the reason why we love Diego more than anyone else, you know, he, he, you kind of look at him and Pele was the longest time, right? It was him and Pele for the longest time, who's the greatest player of all time. But everyone loved Diego. We all loved Diego. And it's because he had human flaws. He was like the rest of us with that. Yeah, you know, we we all have our vices, probably not to the extent of Diego Maradona, but that's probably because we haven't had the opportunities to be able to get to that extent. Um, and he'll be missed. He will be missed. Can, can, um, can I ask before you but, do go on? Like, yeah. obviously, I appreciate you know when he was in Naples, and you know the the hysteria as you said that you know you had to go through, and that led him to you know the the cocaine along with the injuries that he suffered from as well. But once he's sort of taken away from that and, you know, say we do move into once he does, obviously, because he tested positive at the uh, uh, World Cup 94 as well. But once you get mm-hmm. past that, why wasn't he not able to sort of, I don't know, rehabilitate himself and become, I don't know, I want to say normalised? Not the right people around him, mate. It's, it's always the same thing. These people don't get the right people around them. And uh, it, Diego, basically, people wanted Maradona, not Diego. That was it, right? So yeah. when everyone only wants to talk to Maradona, you're going to be Maradona, but turned up to a, to eleven, and that's what it was. You kind of you look at the um, what happened in 2018, right, with the World Cup in Russia, where they paid him 10, 20 grand a day to be at the World Cup. You see the you we all see the images. There's an awful lot of kind of dot, like he wasn't a normal human being there, but we all lapped it up. It's Diego being Diego, and that's the problem. We're all part of the problem. But by all accounts, that is because we wanted Maradona. <laughs> well, yeah, we did. Lap, you know, it's we, true. We did right? lap it up, but by all accounts, we did. That is kind of in his DNA when it comes to football. He he's so passionate. I mean, I know in Argentina mm. and probably a lot of South American countries, their their passion is displayed in in a way that we don't sort of see in Europe, where you know it literally is almost a matter of life or death. But what we what we witnessed that uh, you know well what we witnessed that in 2018, you know, and what by all accounts other people said like when he was managing Boca Juniors and like just various clubs it's just the the passion that he exuberates when he's watching a game of football is on a, it's just on another it's not, it's not something that we can almost comprehend yeah. almost no I, his love for the game was no absolute um, he, he is eternal I think that I saw people using that word he is like he will he'll live as long as the game that's as simple as that with Diego Maradona. As long as the game of football exists, people will know the name oh, Maradona. He, he, him, him, and um, and Pele are the two names that will live as long as as football exists. And I think it, I, I, I was so happy to see the outpouring of love towards Diego because it could have quite easily gone the um, other way. People fixating on the external issues and I was so happy to see so much about people talking about the positive and Gary Lineker did a you know Gary Lineker did a great piece um, where he's speaking I think on the Champions League on the Wednesday night and um, it was fascinating to see Michael Owen and, and Rio Ferdinand sitting in the studio with him just hanging on to the, every word that Gary was saying about Diego um, but like when they mentioned like the kicking the ball in the air yeah, 10 times yeah. and, just literally and they just it. you can see that for those you know Rio even said it like because he's of that age, Diego was everything. He was the star, right? and like I said, I don't think, I don't think Leo and I know Leo and Cristiano have mad numbers of Instagram, but I don't think they've hit the same level of insane fame. Really, what Diego ultimately, especially Messi struck in his own home country, we all know how Argentinians yeah. feel about him. Obviously, the I number feel, one is always going to be Maradona. 
Yeah, and it's hard. It's hard for Leo. It really is. Um, it's rotten because um, no one will ever replace Diego Maradona in the eyes of of Argentinians. Um, you know, the, the greatest footballer of all time couldn't do that, and it's because he didn't. He didn't play with his heart on his sleeve sort of style. It's you know Diego with some of the pictures you see from from the '86 World Cup and the documentary and everything. You you, you see just. This raw emotion, right? This raw emotion. I think that Leo's always struggled to show you that. And that's what makes him the best. You know, he, he's the best footballer in the world because he's always been able to check his emotions somewhat. Well, that's almost a flaw in his character, um, isn't it? Because he is, I say flaw, like, yeah. because, you know, as we fans, we want to relate to how well, they're being on the pitch. Like, you yeah. know, there was a really good article on The Athletic where they're um, where speaking about Maradona and, like, just his sort of interaction with the crowd during that game and like there was a particular moment where there was like a corner flag incident and you know just you would never imagine someone like non uh, Lionel Messi doing that I think like you know he first he put it on the floor then he, he was asked to pick it up and then he put it up and then he put then put the flag on you know it's it's, it's almost something you you know Lionel Messi is almost he's kind of almost too perfect in a way in terms of yeah. personality and footballer yeah there isn't anything yeah. wrong with him but um, no, it, he's, he's an alien, shame, isn't he? That's what they always say. He's an alien, and, and Diego was human. Mm. Um, but yeah, like um, icon, legend, eternal—they're all perfect words to describe Diego Maradona. Um, and we're just fortunate that we're fortunate because the '80s, as well, importantly, had sort of more of the advent of technology to be able to have these moments on film Which is forever. What we don't right? Someone like Pele, for instance. Exactly. Pele suffers a lot because we don't have the video. We don't have the footage of it, as well as the difference in personalities. Pele's a good guy, right? Um, Diego's the devil. So it, yeah. it, we always warm to that character. I do, um, I do feel, unfortunately, as well, we're going to be going through the same thing when, when, when it happens to Gaza because, yeah. It's, yeah. you know, even watching um, Gaza the other day when he was talking about Maradona on the, was it GMTV or wherever it is? Yeah. It, you know, he, the, the guy... Uh, I, I just know we're going to be in exactly the same situation when it comes to, you know, I don't want to sort of yeah. curse it and say when it's, but it's, you know, it's inevitable. We all die. And unfortunately, I feel with him, it might be sooner rather than later. But It's always a worry. It does seem that he's straightened out a bit. I, I don't know what it is that straight. But then I, I always thought this about Maradona. I always feel like, oh, yeah, he, yeah. he's now a manager. You must be on the straight path now. You must be okay. But then you still hear that, you know, he still I guess, yeah, we, you never know. When they're in front of a camera, you never know where, what's going on behind doors. But I, the, 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 another great documentary, I think, is the Bobby Robson, where the, the gathering that is, you see how much a person means to someone when when Gazza talks about about Bobby and how important he was to him and. Yeah, that Bobby's passing really affected him. Really affected him. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's <laughs> I can't really say much more. Um, yeah. I, I, it's just, you know, it, 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 it's a great loss for. The he had one of world. those great careers, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like he's he he's number two to me to Leo, but that's only because Lionel Messi's an alien. And probably it's also- I, And I think there's a gap. I do think there's a gap as well between two and and three. Um, that's just the way it is. Yeah. But Leo, like we said, will never be as loved as much. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let, let, let's move on. Uh, I, I feel almost a bit, a little bit depressed now because obviously we're talking about well, the subject we're talking about. <laughs> but um, we did have to cover off because I know you know it's been pretty much a week now. But we did sort of miss out 
not been able to discuss it last week or I said that miss out, but you know, we do need to show our appreciation for him. However, um, we also do need to, uh, <laughs> Michael is going to be gutted about this because what we're going to talk He's about next be... is, is, is Arsenal and Arteta, the, the failings of Arteta, so to speak. Um, I know we, we've, we've discussed it a few times this season already, but, um, Obviously, Arsenal, they're, they're not doing too well. I think they're down in 14th in the league or something. Mm. Less goals than Fulham, and Fulham have missed three penalties. Um, it's, it's not looking good. And they obviously, they, they suffered a loss um, to Wolves at, at home. I think it was, it was like Wolves. their third straight loss at home. They've lost third, in a, third defeat in a row. Um, they've Interestingly, um, they've lost three in a row um, under... I'm just going to read the stat here because I couldn't believe this. Arsenal lost three consecutive home... Sorry, home Premier League games for the second time since the start of last season. Uh, before this, they'd never suffered three straight home defeats in the competition. Wow. Even under like the Bruce Rioch years and George Graham. Yeah. Wow. Nice. No, like, it's their worst start since 81. Yeah, I mean, we've we said it before with Arteta, you know, like he's got a massive project and, you know, there's already grumblings and sort of, you know, he had to address it in his press conference that, you know, he's not worried about being sacked. But how long can it go on? How how lenient would the board be in terms of allowing him the time to turn it around? I mean, I've put previously pointed out that he inherited a pretty average squad and... He They're did. always going to be a team that aren't going to flash the cash and start spreading it around. I know they did bring in Partey for fifty million, but to, to be honest, in this day and age, that's almost kind of a given now. You know, you know, if you want to compete and if you want to be well, title challengers, you have to spend a far more than that. But if you want to be top six, you're going to be having to spend in excess, of, you know, in terms of the project, you know, in excess of a hundred million. And absolutely easy, easy to break exactly. into that top six, really. Yeah, and you know, it's um, yeah, it's yeah. He's not. He's not getting the balance, is he? It's, it's either you know, well, as Michael said, lose to you know, it's boring football. It's just incredibly defensive. He's he's shifted Aubameyang up front, but you know the service to him is just not there. When I, I mean, I can't. I have to admit, when I watched the game the other day um, against Wolves, I didn't have. I wasn't like transfixed on it. I was like watching TV at the same time. But every time I looked at at the screen, Wolves were just on the attack, and Arsenal were just offering nothing. No, it's it's a tricky one. Um, like the numbers statistically, um, read a really interesting story of how he's trying to approach the football with 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 this group of players, which doesn't make much sense. So, um, kind of like in terms of number of possessions a game, um, they're right down towards the bottom. Um, so they're playing a slow based methodical game. So when you say possession, everyone... they're not they're not having a lot of possession. It, no, just that um, they're not having many, which is because they're the possessions they have. They're ponderous. Right. They're ponderous okay. with the ball. They take too long. They they don't really. When you watch Liverpool, Man City, even Chelsea, and Tottenham, um, even Manchester United actually as well. When they get the ball, well. yeah, absolutely. You go vertical, the transition, right? and you go quick, exactly. And they don't transition well at all, um, which doesn't, which is surprising because the players they've got in Aubameyang and Willian and Pepe, these are all players who at their best are on transition, quick transition, counter-attack football. So you, effectively what he's trying to do with a group of players is kind of reverting to a style of football, which is maybe a bit more accustomed to the 2010s, um, like 2010 sort of time. You think about tiki-taka um, and just retaining possession to try and un- unlock a defence, like coaxing the team in yeah. to, 
Yeah, exactly. He's trying to play that while everyone else is playing basically uh, heavy metal football, I think is what they call it with, with Jurgen Klopp. Mm. Where, uh, it's the same with their pressing. They do not press. They don't press well at all. Um, well, they've got a lot of like old players complete... up top, so you know this, the press obviously starts from. Maybe the top. they can't. That's the thing, you know. We we yeah. we we laughed when they signed a thirty-two-year-old Willian on a hundred grand a week. They've, you know, Aubameyang isn't getting any younger. Yeah, uh, it, it, the the bigger concern for me is that when you look at the body language, of a lot of these players. Mm-hmm. I know losing doesn't taste good, but it's even before that. Like the players, I think Mikel Arteta is a uh, a dictator. Yep. Um, I don't think he's gone in there to be people's friends. I think he's recognised that there's been a weakness in character. And I think his focus and bloody-mindedness on uh, trying to get that character uh, gone and and more to a uh, winning mentality, I think you'd want to call it, I think he's maybe made himself unpopular to people. You think about Arsene Wenger being probably, you know, definitely a player's coach, right? Mm. Yeah. I kind of feel Mikel Arteta's the other side. It wasn't too long ago um, when we had Wenger as well. So, I mean, I know there was the Emery period in between. But, you know, there's... I mean, do you, do you fault Arteta for that? Because is, is he meant to... What is he meant to do? Sort of no. gradually become a dictator or gradually discipline or become more disciplined? Or is he? Or does he want to no. literally stamp his... I think he had to go in. He has to come in, doesn't like, he? he? has to. Yeah, absolutely. He had to go in. He had to go in. And equally, like... He, he, I talk about the fact that he's playing a style of football that doesn't fit the players that he has available to him. You could equally criticise that, but I, I don't. I think that as a manager, you'd be foolish to go in and try playing a different style of football that you don't have the expertise in. Because if you're going to go out, go out on your own sword, that's kind of the way that you need to approach it. Um, it's a difficult one. Look, for real, Arsenal fans are already turning on him uh, because they're not enjoying the style of football because it is boring and they've been spoiled with Arsenal Wenger's football and they didn't want it anymore and they forced him out. And now they've realised, actually, it was better under Arsene. Um, so I almost have no sympathy for him. No, I've always, been, I've always it's, it's had tough. a soft spot for Arsenal and I've always enjoyed watching Arsenal, especially under the Wenger years. Even under Emery, I was like, I, you know, I, st- I still don't mind. I know, I know the football, wasn't again, wasn't great. But the way they sort of hounded out Wenger given everything that he yeah. did for them, especially the way, we, we, as we mentioned, like, you know, they had Bruce Rioch and Gre- George Graham in the 90s doing absolutely nothing. And then he literally turned that club around and made them a force. The, sort of yeah. the ungratefulness. I almost feel like, well, fuck you, you know? <laughs> it's, 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 it's tricky. Look, I, <laughs> Arsenal were in a, a really important moment. They did a lot of sorting out... Um, Upstairs in the summer. They spent the summer sorting that out. I think there, there was a structural problem at the club, which has probably held them back in transfers. Look, they, they obviously looked at the £72 million that they spent on Pepe and went, that is fucking ludicrous. Um, shift, why have we spent 72 did, Sorry, didn't they shift on like 50 non-playing staff as well, though, over the summer? Yeah, yeah. But a lot of this is kind of involved in the scouting and data analysis. I think that they've recognised that they need to be uh, more modern with their approach. I think they felt that they were still too... Um, stuck in, in the past with scouts watching players live and all of these sort of things I think they felt that there's a better way of running this and there is um, I think they have a problem as well with getting their young players experience I think that too many of their players seem to 
not go on good loans and gain experience. Um, That's a very good point. Which you, you see the value for Chelsea, right? Mason Mount and, and Reese James have been exceptional for the football club this season and Chelsea are reaping the rewards of the loans that they, they had in advance of that. I'd argue, um, though, even under the Wenger years, if I remember right, their, their loan system wasn't great. They never used to loan out players. Nice. But then they never used no, to play a lot of youth. Now, now they've almost had to turn to the youth and the youth haven't got the experience because they've never been loaned out. Yeah, and you know the difficulty with youth, which is something that Chelsea suffered with, um, is that their inexperience will cost you. Um, and in a, in, a, in a league that's so cutthroat that you can't have those moments, you do need those players to be prepared to, and ready to come in running. Like it's a classic thing as well. Everyone's fans, home, own fans, overrate their own young players, right? It's just the classic thing. I was seeing um, uh, people saying about uh, Smith Rowe, um, the, the yeah. kid at Arsenal, that he needs to come in because he can basically do what Auer does. And I'm like, you, you clearly haven't got a clue if you've made that comparison. That connection just doesn't work. Um, so look, these are all structural problems. But going back to Mikel Arteta, they've got to make a decision, really. They're either fully in. Right, you either ride this train, and you're going to have to back him fully with everything that comes with this. So you're going to have to make um, kind of playing squad changes. You're going to have to get rid of some of these players. You're going to have to get some players in that fit the system that that Mikel wants to play. But that's the issue. Uh, I don't, that, I don't see going, it. I don't see him being backed. No, I don't see Arsenal doing it either because I, it's not what they've ever done, and that, that leads me to the the fact that they've appointed the wrong manager then. Um, they they they've effectively let Mikel Arteta that they're hanging him out down to dry before like he's even had an opportunity. Hanging him out to dry. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, yeah, we're bringing I you feel in, that. but we're not going to then back you in the market. We're not going to give you the players that are going to work in your system. He's then trying to have yeah. to adapt his tactics. Well, yeah, I say adapt his tactics. His tactics now is to sort of nullify and just kind of sit back and hope they don't concede. But then at the same time, they're not looking like anything dangerous going forward, especially when they've got one of the most no. lethal strikers in the league. It's mad what's they're, happened they're, they're to Aubameyang. They're going to be screwed. They, they, literally, Arsenal, uh, you know, I've said about Man United and the dynasty collapsing, but Arsenal are in a, in a far worse situation because they don't have the money. They're not, they're not going to ever just yeah. chuck money in. Some, something, You're right. Man, some things with Man United in terms of players and signing, some of them will stick and a lot of them might not. And then I'll sit there and go, oh, your dynasty's collapsing. But with Arsenal, they're just, if they're not going to throw any money at it, then they're literally, they're, especially in this day and age, they're already on a losing, on a, on a losing path. You're 100% right, mate, because... Like you say, the, the, the Pepe is £72 million, right? To a club like Chelsea and to a club like Manchester United, that's a, ah, oh, shit. Uh, never mind, let's go replace him. Mm. To Arsenal, that's a player that you've now got to live with unless you can shift him for north of 50, right? You can't afford to basically cut your losses like Chelsea. Look, Chelsea cut their losses on a £72 million keeper. Yes, true. They basically said, fuck it. Um, and you know that, that's kind of what Manchester United have done with countless players as well it, it, is that fair it's not really not fair uh, which is why you know going to an American model would be f- the fair way of doing it because that deal on Kepa for example should set Chelsea back five years because it's such a terrible one equally with Pepe at Arsenal uh, but that's you know for another pod I, I, I don't know I really fear for them I, um, it's, it's a weird one with Arteta because I, I remember the United game and his tactics were bang on and he got those players playing. And I felt in that it showed that you had a manager that could convey a message clearly to his players and they did it perfectly. Because although they are only one with a penalty, they were by far the better team on the day. But subsequently, the performances 
have just been poor and it's the negative way they approach football matches. And I think that's what's hurting them is that they're too negative. He's too concerned about not conceding goals at the back. Um, and that's just stifled Aubameyang who looks completely checked out. And the risk that you've got there is that something similar happened with Mesut Ozil when you gave him the big contract and he sort of mentally checked out. Um, it's difficult to engage them again but when they become disillusioned. But you can feel for... I mean, it's easier to remember about Aubameyang because it's obviously fresh in the memories and we're going through it, it's happening. But, you know, you watch the Arsenal games and yeah. you feel for him because he's, when he's, he's not... He either gets the ball in the wrong position or the players around him... He, he, yeah, it's just yeah. I'm... I thought at the start of the season that Arteta had found a tactic that isolated Aubameyang on fullbacks, and I was like, "That's brilliant. That is but brilliant." Because fullbacks, well, evidently they did. I, the problem is, is that you need to get the ball to. If he's going to play on that left inside forward position, he's got to get the ball in shooting positions because Aubameyang doesn't have the ability to beat a man and the ball needs he's a striker and the ball needs to get to him quickly as well yeah it does before pressure gets exactly, over to yeah. him uh, and, and probably what's happened is teams have wised up to that's what Arsenal are trying to do is get that isolation so we're not going to allow it Lacazette's obviously been piss poor uh, but he's been pretty much piss poor since he arrived that's a transfer that really doesn't get looked at that's £60 million they spent on him you know, like, Arsenal's expenditure on players is shocking. It genuinely is shocking. Here, with we the say that they don't spend a lot of money. Obviously, they do spend money on players, but it's they're almost too far in between each other. And when they do, it isn't. A lot of them aren't working. Even like you know, no. I don't know, like Granite Jacket. He was thirty-five million. It's not. It's not really. He's not really worked out. It's Mesut not. Ozil, I mean, Granite Jacket initially did. Mesut, yeah. Where is he now? He was forty million. He was forty-five million pounds, and then obviously a three hundred and fifty grand a week contract. It's it's really sticky. Um, I'm I'm interested to know like what the patience is of Stan Kroenke because, like I said, you either commit fully to this project and accept that this is going to be a hard season, um, but we'll see it through, and then we'll make the corrections that we need to in the summer uh, because they're not going to make the corrections in January. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Um, you know, Arteta was clear that he wanted um, our in in the summer. That's who he wanted. He understood that he needed that player uh, that fits the kind of um, possession-based game. You needed a player to unlock defences and, and, and ultimately hoping to get the opportunities into a player like Aubameyang. They didn't get him, right? They had a shot in, but they didn't. They didn't want to go. It seems that they had a shot and then they backed off because they weren't keen on spending the money on a player that maybe had his eyes looking elsewhere. Um, and then they went and bag Thomas Partey right at the end of the window yes. uh, which has given him no time to integrate into the yeah. team and now he's injured I, don't, I feel like so it's like a disaster I do feel like you know we mentioned with like the harmony of, of the team you know we can't we do need to sort of say something about Arteta in terms of that you know we can't sit there and say oh it's not all Arteta's fault you know ultimately he has some tools that he has to work with and he has to make adjustments and if he's going to be so sort of dictarian and stick in his own ways then that's a fault of his, you know. He often comes out after the games and says, yeah, it's, holds his hand and says, it's my fault. It's all right keep saying that, but ultimately you do need to adapt as well. There needs to be an element of if the players aren't going to adapt, then they are going to have to, unfortunately, I'm going to have to adapt to you and rather than being so rigid and stuck in, his, in you know, his thought yeah. process. But, yeah, well... Yeah, his rigidity is... It can be his strength, but it's going to be 
either his strength or it's going to be his undoing, right? The problem is, you know, we, we, that, we, that rigidity will work in only a small number of games, but over a course of a season, it looks that it's way. not going to work over. Like he, games. he'll upset, um, he'll upset Chelsea. He'll upset Tottenham potentially this weekend, right? I mean, Tottenham's a different situation because Jose's going to look at it and go, uh, "We want to play counter attack," and it's just I, I could see this weekend's game being just disgustingly poor to watch. Um, but teams like Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, even Manchester United, that want to kind of play on the front foot a bit. Arsenal are kind of set up in a way to um, pick their pockets and try and uh, stifle and create opportunities and try and steal a game. But when you're playing against teams like Villa and Wolves, who are less likely to Come at give you. those opportunities... Yeah, so it's, it's, it, his rigidity, you know, we, we, we go back a couple of years to uh, Mauricio Sarri, right? That was his big problem, was his rigidity and his, his um, obsession with sticking to a system. He wouldn't uh, pick up the pace. It was so slow. It's very similar to Mikel Arteta. Yeah, OK. I, I, I just don't know what, what... The issue I've got is that I think that Mikel Arteta has the potential to be a good manager. I too, I, but I'm not... I feel like he needs the right tools I'm not, and the right board above yeah. him. Yeah. I feel like it's a bit absolutely, harsh and I'm job. not convinced Arsenal got that. Yeah, I think it's. Hard. I mean, he well, he knew the risk. He knew what Arsenal were like. It's not like he's gone in there completely unknown. But anyway, where did they go after him? That's the just asking you now. Where did they go? Right, because they they looked at Jose. Uh, the fans were outraged. We don't want Jose Mourinho. Uh, now their biggest rivals have got Jose Mourinho, and they're looking like title contenders. So they all look stupid. I heard. I heard uh, Mauricio Pochettino's name. He ain't going there. Ooh. That, that, he ain't going there. Maurizio Pochettino, the one thing we know about Maurizio is he, there's a level of... Um, his character won't allow to go to a rival, right? That's always been a big point of his. Well, he made it clear about Firstly, Barcelona, he? he did, he did. And the other thing is, is he's not going to go to a club like Arsenal where his hands were tied at Tottenham. They'll be tied at Arsenal. He, he wants the United job. He's going to wait it out. It will come his way eventually. Yeah. Well, you've met... But like I said, where, where, where would you go? Where would you go? Who? Genuinely, who? I, I don't know. You put me around yeah, the spot. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I can't think who they go for. What is it? Maximiliano Allegri? Is, is that where they go? Would, it, would even Allegri go there? You know, you can. This, I'm this, sure they'll this, go. This, oh, this is going to be Arsenal's about... issue, though, isn't it? Because the longer it goes on and the, and the decline happens, the ability to attract. Uh, a big manager or someone that's an elite manager, you know, like the names you've mentioned, they're going to come, that's not going to happen, you know, they're going to have to settle for the next tier or even the tier below that. And that's how the decline continues, right? But anyway, let's move on because you did mention obviously a a couple of teams, well, you mentioned Tottenham. Um, They they played, oh God, I had to sit through this one, a stalemate with your own team, uh, Chelsea at the weekend, nil-nil. I guess... We kind of should have expected it from a definitely from a Tottenham perspective in terms of the way they set up. Yeah. But um, was you? I mean, given the way the game pla- uh, played out, you know, Chelsea were definitely better in the second half. Were you disappointed? Was uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm gutted. I'm gutted because I think we created enough opportunities to to do it to take the game, especially in the second half. And you you look at the delivery from Reese James on oh, two of those moments really to Tammy. And Tammy, you just Abraham. kind of feel had it been. Disappointing. But then you say right, that, he's got to improve on his head. You heading. say that, and then the people, like, I think they were saying it in commentary. I don't know if it was Gary Neville, or if it's Olivier Giroud. If he's on the end of that, it's going in the back of the net. Yeah. Olivier Giroud also had a massive at chance the at the end as well. Yeah, massive chance at the end as well. Uh, funny enough, I kind of think that your geezer at Goodison probably would have been feasted on those crosses. Oh, DCL, um, yeah. Obviously. Uh, but 
it's disappointing. Tammy needs to go away and and learn how to head the football. He needs to stay on his um, feet. I, he's got a weird yeah. way of like because he's, he's a he's he's a tall, lanky guy, but he doesn't. He's quite come, gangly. He's, he's rangy, come isn't he? Across as quite beefy or strong, and that's what maybe he needs to work on a little bit, or just to toughen up in those situations. Because he's almost his automatic reaction for a couple of them, especially one of them, was to I'm going to kind of start falling and kind of go into the ball rather than I'm going to attack the ball and be strong yeah, in that situation. He wasted those two crosses, that's mm. for sure. Um, you know, as a team, it wasn't the best performance, Zayek. Um, oh, I think the tac- there was a tactic that... Yeah, I think, Zayek, there was a tactic to get the ball to Werner quickly at the back post because of... Um, <laughs> I get, uh, every time I tried to... Uh, uh, Aurier, not Aurier, Aurier, Aurier who, uh, who has actually been really good for Tottenham this year, but also still carries a liability tag next to him. And I think there was a feeling that if you can get the ball into Werner one-on-one with Aurier, you have an opportunity. They were also playing uh, a, quite a young lad as well, weren't they? The one that signed from Swansea. They Is were. Rod- Roden? Rod- they were. Roden? Yeah, Roden. Um, but, you know, I take away the positives. Harry Kane didn't smell the ball and uh, Hoi Min Sun uh, basically got pocketed so badly by Rhys James that he went and tried it on the other side with um, Ben Chilwell instead. Defensively, we're really good. Like, who saw that coming? Uh, well, yeah. But... I, I mean, I say I say who saw that coming. We bought a left-back, we bought a centre-half, we bought a goalkeeper. Lo and behold, we now actually look well, like saying, a In the last a, few a weeks, you have unit. turned it around. That's, that's the thing, you know, you yeah. defensively were being questioned. There was no doubt about the sort of... A, Attacking uh, the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper <laughs> situation. You've addressed it. Like it's amazing to think, isn't it? It's such a difference, such a difference, and it's it's amazing to think had they not got that deal done because we we already saw what Keppel was like this season with the Liverpool game, mm. a, a complete chaos, and it just breeds chaos through the team. But Mendy is so confident that the players have full confidence that if a shot is going in. It's going to have to be special to beat this guy. He did have one sticky um, moment, though, didn't he, where it was a bit of a mix-up with him and Kante. Yeah, God. Oh, that was my God. I, I don't like his position in there. Yeah, yeah. That's one that they need to sit down and go, when the ball's in that situation, you can't be that far out of your goal. Because he gave Zuma nowhere to go with it. Like, oh, was what it was Zuma meant to do with it? Head I it. thought it was Kante. Was it? Uh, sorry, I might be wrong. I thought it was Zuma. I might be getting it wrong. Apologies if I am, but I, it, it, it certainly gave, it gave me a heart attack that moment. Um, well, speaking of Zuma, sure yeah, that's sticky moment right at the end, just after the Giroud chance. Oh my god! But Jesus, that's the thing. Yeah. That's what Tottenham. Um, I mean, that was the moment that Tottenham were playing I mean, for. Tottenham were literally. That was the moment. Waiting for those. Moments. That was all Jose played for, wasn't it? Um, it would have been, and if he got it, it's you know, Jose been classic Jose, classic. I would have been, like Jose Mourinho. Um, doesn't see any benefit in playing possession football because when you have the ball, you carry the risk. That's that's generally his philosophy. So I'd rather let the other team have the risk of carrying the ball. Uh, they play with the uh, the fear of losing possession and we're going to basically play counter-attack football because it gives us the best opportunity of winning football matches. And that's fine. I have no issue with it because if we all played the same bloody football, it'd be pretty boring, right? Um it didn't work against Chelsea because Chelsea were wise to it. They weren't going to allow it. They 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 had a couple of moments in the first half where they looked uh, to have some some moments, um, but they're pretty much snuffed out pretty quickly. And yeah, you you try and take the positives from this because Tottenham have been a good team this year. And Chelsea, I think, for me personally at least, I've I've had still my reservations about them. Um, I I've spoken we've spoken about these two teams quite a bit because they they do seem connected in many ways. Um, I have my reservations about our manager. I don't have reservations about theirs. And speaking of which, 
it's a really fascinating sort of rivalry bubbling up between the two of them. While you know, obviously at rival clubs, Tottenham and Chelsea, mm. uh, the, the the two best clubs in London right now. They're past um, as well, obviously being a crucial player for him and his yeah, manager. And exactly, Chelsea. and that's the crucial part of this. You know, you've got the master and apprentice element to it. Um, Jose Mourinho, who is trying to um, prove a lot of doubters wrong, as Frank is as well. Uh, but both from kind of different ends of the spectrum. You know, Jose Mourinho's had incredible success as a football manager. Frank Lampard's just currently making his way, but both of them have got a lot to prove. And I think both of them probably came out of that frustrated but happy. That's the way I would word it. And that's kind of how I felt. So, so the uh, question... Neither could afford to well, lose it. Yeah, and obviously that, that, that's the way it played out. But Tottenham stayed top. Chelsea is still very much in the mix. It's a very congested top of the table. Um, it really it is. Wasn't, mate. It is almost. It was a, a, a title game. You know what I say? Is that right? What's the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Um, top of the league clash. I don't know. But you know, yeah. What was your? We're over a course of the way now through the season. You know, is was there any insight as to how you feel like you know that's it's going to play out? Are you, are Tottenham. It all depends on Liverpool, mate. Because if Liverpool continue to stumble then it, the title is open. I, I feel, still feel Liverpool are the class of the field. But this is the I thing, think though, you've got teams. Liverpool are still stumbling, you know. There was one all against Brighton. They are. They Kloppo were, had was. another round. Um, which, <laughs> oof. Um, incredible, incredible TV that it was. was. Incredible TV. He heard what TV. we spoke about uh, last week and was like, no, I'm going to up this. <laughs> he did. Yeah, up the ante this week. I'm going to p- literally point the finger at BT Poor for old this Des problem. Kelly. Um, is it Des Kelly? Yeah, Des oh. Des, yeah. it was Des, and incredible from him as well, because, you know, he was well w- within his right. He clearly, clearly Des had done his research going into that. He knew there's going to be an opportunity for this to come up, and he was prepared. Look, I, I still feel that Klopp has a point. His point does get sort of watered down when you look at his use of substitutes this season, uh, because he's not using them like a manager that's concerned about player f- welfare. Uh, getting back, to, though, to the, kind of our Chelsea and, and Tottenham contenders, Absolutely. Right, they absolutely are at this point. They, they they cannot be, but I also think Man City obviously are. And I also don't. This is going to sound ridiculous, I know, but like Manchester United aren't a million miles back. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. And, and I'm not I, I know, saying that they're I, I going to. You... I'm not saying they're going to win the league, but um, what I am saying is, last year they obviously did finish third, um, legitimately so, and some way back. Um, but the two front two if, are if running Liverpool away. Stuck, they're, they're, they're running away. Exactly. That's what I mean. If the other two aren't running away, which they're not right now, it brings everyone back towards the pack and all of a sudden it's not out of the realms. And you know, I don't want to get turn this Tottenham Chelsea discussion into a Manchester United one, but in Bruno Fernandes and Edison Cavani, they have two world class players that can dig and drag Manchester United to results that their manager doesn't deserve. Um, but look, Chelsea. I, I think you, Chelsea are very much. To, Chelsea to, are very much in the mix for me, and as as our Tottenham, because I do feel like that that top of the table. I think I said at the beginning of the season, I, I predicted it was going to be so tightly compact. Maybe not. Maybe I think I said Liverpool were going to win again, but I envisaged like second down to tenth. I thought it was going to be really congested, and that's kind of the way it's playing out at the moment, especially with the whole it pandemic. Really still obviously, it really going. is. Which is kind of why I don't think it was. It was a. It was. A, it wasn't a great result for both teams, but it wasn't a bad result. In fact, it's probably both teams come away from it. Like I said, frustrated, but probably going. That's all right because the league isn't going to be won in those mm. games. The, the league is won against the other 
10, 15 teams that play in the in the Premier League. They're the, they're the, they're the games that you have to go in and win. And, you know, I, I know that Mikey likes to say, well, you've only beaten so-and-so. Yeah, but those are the games that you have to go and win to win titles. And he knows that, as I mentioned, I think. Because Fergie's record against the big teams has never been exceptional, but against the smaller teams, he used to hoover up. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's where the decisions will be made. And like I say, Liverpool dropped two points against Brighton. Well, I, I, Chelsea didn't. I, I feel... I feel Tottenham will be the happier ones just because of the way the second half panned out and I feel yes. like Chelsea definitely yeah. had the better chances but ultimately as you said hey. they both they both didn't lose so and they both didn't concede Chelsea's defensive you know good record stays stays on for another week sure you blanked but you know on another day you do score goals yeah yeah like we we did put the ball in the back of the net it was offside um we move on. I, I, I'm not too sure who we've got this weekend. Well, um, let's, let, yeah, let's let's move on then. Let, let's we'll see where you've got. We'll do some. Uh, well, I say predictions. You know, we we're doing it with a twist these days. As in, we're just going to discuss who, who's coming up. Um, for, should uh, be worth noting that there is a, a game already postponed for the weekend, which is uh, Newcastle Villa due to COVID. I think it's the, fir- it's the first casualty. one we've had since the initial sort of outbreak of the pandemic, when I think the Arsenal game right. was cancelled, and then I think they end up just shutting down the league. Oh, yeah. It did. But, yeah. um, that's right. No, you're 100 correct. Yeah. It's an outbreak at Newcastle. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, so um, yeah, so there's there's no game. So that's fucked my fantasy team. Yes, we we discussed this before, and uh, I very much had Ollie Watkins looking to bag a hat trick against a hapless Newcastle, but um, obviously that's not happening now. Um, we will start off though with the 12:30 kickoff Saturday, the 5th of December. We have got Burnley at home to Everton. Um, Oof. Burnley, obviously, Lee. on the back of a 5-0 drubbing. No, 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 don't care about Burnley, mate. No one, no one wants to hear what you've got to say about Burnley. Everyone's list, Everyone wants to know what the hell's going on. Look, that, that Leeds game is always going to be tricky. I think any team in the Premier League, I reckon even even like the likes of Chelsea, they're not going to be looking forward to playing yeah, no, I agree. Leeds. Uh, i tell you what, before you go on, Leeds, if I had to basically watch any hmm. team in the league, it's Leeds, right? And, it, and, and the second place is, is miles away. I, I'll watch Leeds play anyone. Yeah, cause you, we were talking about like sort of the transition with Arsenal, how slow and how it's just basically non-existent. If you want to watch good football, you want to watch quick transition play and attacking football, go and watch Leeds because they're, 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 their movement and the... the, the they're just they're just drilled. They know where to be. They know what they're doing, and they're already they're almost like a, they're a step ahead of their opposition because they've been so tactically drilled into them. They're a machine. Yeah. They're, they're a, a joy machine, to watch. Aren't they? They're a well. They're they're incredibly well, like you say, Lee, an incredibly well drilled team. Bielsa is because it's the same group, right? That's what you can achieve by maintaining the same group with an elite level football coach that knows how he wants to play the game and he knows every bit like we spoke up I think about Leeds the other day um, and the fact that they seem to have Bielsa's designed a tactic which basically is a cheat where effectively one of his players I think it's Dallas gets to play in three different positions during the game like, so ultimately he's almost playing with 12 men at times it's, it's incredible I'll tell you, what, you, um, you ask for a, an Arsenal manager there's, there's your Arsenal manager Bielsa ain't walking away from Leeds, mate. <laughs> well, but well, downgrade to Arsenal. <laughs> well, um, obviously we want to focus. Well, I say focus on Everton. Um, yes. I, I would, if we come away with a nil-nil, I'd have been happy. When I saw the starting lineup, it took me ages to even try and work out what the fuck was going on and how we were playing yeah. it. Um, but we ended up with a an Awobi at left back or left wing back because uh, Dini's out for a few weeks. 
uh, which is not good. And um, we've got Tom Davies playing right. Uh, right wing back, which again, I was just like, oh, to Jesus. be fair, what it's worth, Tom Davies weren't too bad, but these are two players that don't play as wing backs, especially Tom Davies. No. So, I mean, we played this wing back system last week against Fulham and we looked, we, we, we I feel like we got away with it a little bit. Um, Awobi was on the right hand side and we had a naturally left footed Dinya playing that week. So it wasn't too bad, but it's against Fulham. Against the Leeds team, it, we just look exposed throughout the whole game. Um, yeah. Again, DCR, I think it looked a little bit isolated. The thing is, though, with, with Leeds, we, we still actually had some chances in that game. He did have moments. He had moments, but Absolutely. Leeds had a lot more. Like this, this is why Leeds are the best watch in the league, because they're incredibly exciting to watch on the attack, but they're also incredibly exciting to watch defensively, because they'll give you opportunities. Uh, for what it's worth, um, I, feel, I feel like um, Carlo got it wrong. He got it wrong. I feel like he went in with the tactic. Well, he obviously followed up the same tactics as what we had against Fulham, and he decided to play free at the back with wing backs. And against Leeds, it just didn't work, especially when those two wing backs are Wobi, who doesn't look like a you know defensive player, and he ended up spending a lot of his well, a lot of the time he was. He, I think his most touches were in and around his own eighteen-yard box, which is not where he wants to be. Um, no. So yeah, I mean, if. I think moving forward, he needs to he needs to figure out. I still don't think he knows his strongest eleven. Once once you lose a couple of players, and this is what I said from the beginning of the season, it's a way for Finn squad, exactly, isn't it? You know, and I, I kind of almost want to be like, I told you so, but at the same time, I'm the one that's also having to suffer because now we're fucking <laughs> shit again. Um, he's, he's pushed. He's pushed. Look, I, I completely agree. Hammers is in. He's, he's now a bit all over the place now, and he's, he looks a little bit lost. And I reckon he's starting to think. What the fuck am I surrounded with here? What what's going on? I've got Tom Davies now. The problem back for him is, yeah, the problem for him is with is because as good as he is going one way, he offers oh. less than nothing going the other, and he, he exposes uh, your right back. Right, it's mm. that's the sorry, left back, left back. Right, he plays left no, side. He plays right. No, he is right back. Right, I am right. I, I don't know why I was kind of thinking that. Have I got that right? But he, basically, teams have wised up to it. That they'll just double up down that side because Hammers ain't tracking, um, and that almost forces Carlo's hand to go. So I'm going to have to shift him centrally. But then we, we've um, got so much. We've got there's not a lot of pace in the middle of the park. Um, I mean, Alan, you know, he's, he's energetic. I would say he's our equivalent of a, a Fred a bit better in terms of he's a proper shuttler, as in he will get up and down the pitch. Yeah, uh, Decore, you know, he, he's, he's okay. He's, he's half decent. He's yeah, like Decore, he's, he's a he's solid fine. player, but it's when I turn to when I look to the bench and I'm like, so you were bringing on either Sigurdsson, mm. you're bringing on Gomez. Mm. There's just no pace coming off the bench, and he's got um, what do you call it, Anthony Gordon, who at the back end of last season he was like our one bright spot, the one one bright spark in our team that actually looked like he. I know he's raw and he's young, but he's not even making the match day squad. And I'm looking at that bench and I'm just like, there's nothing to come on here that's going to turn a game when we do go one nil down. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that's. I feel like Carlo has got. He's still got a lot of work to do. He does. Hey, look, it was at his first window this summer. That's well. Yes, he's yeah. Not clean January. That was his yeah. first window. First yeah, proper yeah, window. Oh, yeah. January. But like, as long as Carlo's committed to the project, which I think he sounds like he is, because for what it's worth, he did come out and say, "Look, we we are ex- exactly where I want expect us he to did. be. I'm okay with that." Um, I think he understands that the, the losses of Digne and uh, Coleman are 
big time issues for because we speak about this every week. Fullbacks now the most important place on the on the football pitch, the, and you lose a player like Digne, who who's obviously offers so much. And I appreciate um, that, and he, he offers because he is a good a good attacking fullback, or you can play in that wing back position. But then why are you not bringing on someone that's more going to be able to play in there? Like I mean, John Joe Kenny could have played on the right. Again, didn't even make the match day squad, and he's playing a you know a central midfielder who's not even a very good one. Let's face it, in that position. Yeah, uh, right. yeah. I can't, I can't answer that. I don't know what Carlo was thinking with with his decisions on here. And I know um, we've got the young guy, in slightly Kuko on the left. That again, he is raw. He came in from Marseille, and he's only featured predominantly in the uh, League Cup. And I think he had one outing against Newcastle when Luca Digne was suspended, and he didn't have a good game. We end up losing, but. You're playing. You was it the square? You're playing players in square pegs. What's the saying? Of square <laughs> pegs round holes. Yeah, uh, square pegs yeah. in round holes, mate. Yeah. It, that, look, it was a miss, a haphazard start in eleven, which is a bit of a concern, right? Uh, but centre back pairing again. He's, he's, he doesn't really know what he. You know, one minute's mean and next minute's. Uh, who was it this week? Who was it with Holgate and well, Keane's the mainstay, and then it's whoever went. So we went with Godfrey and. Um, Holgate this time, whereas with last week we went with Godfrey and Mina. I don't think he. I don't think yeah, he likes Mi- Mina. Oh, he doesn't no. trust him at all. No, uh, which is you know I think that you've seen enough of Mina yeah. to know that that's probably the right choice. Um, yeah, it's 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 difficult. It is that we breaking into that top top eight is a hard thing to do because the the quality at that top end of the league and. Um, I think that the one thing this is just highlighting is the lack of depth in quality at, at Goodison at the moment, and that needs to be addressed. The problem is they they pissed a lot of money away, right? They pissed a lot of money away on players that are just not good enough. Um, and you just as long as Carlo's committed, and as long as the owners are committed, like the project keeps going, it's going the right way. Okay, like it's it's just very frustrating. I think that because they started so well. That is only highlighted more that this this sort of poor runner form. But Burnley, you know, they they're not a particularly great football team, are they? So well, they got it's an opportunity back reality, the didn't they, with their Man City game. Um, yeah. Speaking of Man City, they are the next game, three o'clock against Fulham, and we all know. I don't think fair play to Fulham though. We'll give that's we'll that's going to be a, to Fulham yeah. for a, for a cheeky two-one win away to Leicester. Fair play. I mean, that's a shocker, right? That's a coup- you would call it a coupon buster, other than. Because in a bought party in. It's a coupon buster if, if people were still betting on a Monday night, but um, they finally got their penalty hoodoo out of the way. Really nice penalty, yeah, right? it was. That's how you take it. Mm. That would do. Um, great three points for them. Um, you know, those results down at the bottom when you can kind of pick those those three points up uh, in unlikely situations will help you. We, we spoke about it's three from four. That's what it looks like right now. Um, and if Fulham can pick up enough points um, to stay up, then we're going to be delighted. Scott Parker said it as well, didn't he, at the end of the game? He was like, look, we accept we're going to be down there. It's a matter of, like, you know, as you said, we, we, when we win games, it's good. And as long as we know that we're, you know, where we, I want to say where we belong, but they're never going to be challenged and even sort of, you know, mid-table. They've accepted that they're going to be down there. And, you know, well... Yeah. Like I said, they, they got the win. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen this week. Uh, Man City, obviously, then I've got these no, easy City, run of fixtures. So, yeah. They, they, yeah, like this is, this is where City will probably start to feast yeah. a bit. Um, 
it's important for City to get on a runner. You know, we obviously spoke about City um, previously. Um, well, they've got the fixtures to do it. They came out. Yeah, I mean, ultimately they they spanked uh, Burnley every year. Um, I, I saw a lot of people, City fans, saying that Mendy and Kyle Walker are the ah, best fullback pairing in the league, and it's just like okay, yeah. one game against well Burnley. Let's get carried away. You know, and it was the classic De Bruyne game as well, wasn't it? Fill your boots with assists against a team which aren't turning up. So you know, mm. yeah, I don't. I, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss De Bruyne. I listened to our pod last uh, on my on my runs this week and. I was a bit miffed by yeah. our De Bruyne chat, but we'll save that for when Mikey returns. Um, speaking of Mikey, his Man United team, they're <laughs> 5.30 against West Ham, um, away to West Ham. West Ham won some good form, you know. They, I, I, they, they jammed a yeah. win last night against Villa, I feel. I think they had two shots and scored two goals. Um, and then that obviously classic VAR controversy again as well. I think this is a tricky game for Man United. It's not an easy one. Um, are they home? No, West, well, West Ham are at home. United. Right, so. at West, West Ham are at home. Yeah, and United got PSG midweek. Um, so that's, that's a big football uh, football match for them. But like, I don't know about you, when they were 2-0 down at half-time, I, I thought they would come back and win. I really did. I, felt, I, f- I know that's that's the United of old, but I really did think they were. There was South, Southampton have something about them where you're like, they're susceptible to that. Mm. Um, Cavani made a huge difference. He gave them a focal point. He gave him a, a a player that was going to attack the ball when put into the box, and United took advantage of that. Um, you know, really impressive. I was, I, I think I was, I was talking to to one of my mates before the game. I, I was surprised that Cavani didn't start. Well, I this guess is the issue that Oli has now. I suggested because he's obviously he's, he is getting on a bit, so he's going to have to manage him quite well. And as you say, you've got a big game against I, PSG. I, I, it depends, doesn't it? Do you play him like, against PSG? How fit is he? Or do you start um, against PSG and I mean, bring pl- him off? You play him against PSG, yeah. Oh, obviously, you do, yeah. actually, because... You know, do you... I think you're playing them against PSG, right? A um, couple of reasons. Um, one, you need the, the results to progress. Um, and secondly, Edison Cavani wants to play against yeah, PSG, right? Let's let's not kid it. He, he feels that he's being done dirty by that club and he wants to send him into the Europa League, so I'm definitely playing him. Um, by all accounts, he's an incredibly fit, fit individual. I, I, I don't... We're in a weird time, right, where the idea that... Is he 33? Yeah, I think maybe not, even a year old. Yeah, like at 33, apparently he can't play more than one game a week. Is that what we're saying now? <laughs> That's ludicrous, mate. He, like... <laughs> he should maybe, be Maybe fine. we're stuck in the SCU's um, with, well, as soon as you get into your 30s, that's it, you know, you're done. Yeah, well, it's You do part, mention yeah, Cavani, though. We mindset. should obviously bring up, obviously, he was in the news for not the right reasons as well for his Instagram yeah. posts. oops. It's so it's fucking annoying, annoying, mate. It really is. Because I'm annoyed like Gary was annoyed because I'm like, I'm annoyed because the club should have spoken to them. How the fuck is this still happening? The second thing that happened with Bernardo Silva, um, that situation with Bernardo Silva, where he posted that thing on social media, like obviously with Cavani, something that is racist when you're in a different culture, right? So maybe because of his Portuguese culture with Bernardo Silva, that's not racist. It's, it's, it's kind of something different. Similarly, I don't believe that Edinson Cavani is a racist by a long way. He's not, okay? What he said there, uh, though, can be uh, offensive to people, and as such, um, <sighs> should he be punished? I mean, he, did, he removed it, he's apologised, he's, he's accepted is he, is he being you know, his responsibilities. Is much banned? I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, because the, the, obviously Bernardo Silva got, was it a one-game ban for it? Heavily fired, um, I think. 
and heavily fined. And I kind of feel that that's now the um, that's now the, sort of the going rate for, for these yeah, offences. And it's the yeah the president for for, for 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 this. And I think that will probably happen, which I feel is a little bit harsh. But at the same time, you need to maintain consistency on this because it. Um, I don't think ignorance is an excuse. I blame Manchester United for its worth. I think they're the ones that dropped the ball on this. I think that clubs, hopefully, this this might be the final wake-up call for clubs to go, okay, look, when these guys come in, you've got to be better on this. Okay, you have to be able to have people that um, understand the culture from where they come and explain why that doesn't work. Yeah, but I say it's an okay? education process, uh, isn't it? And ultimately... It know, is. It is. Like, Manchester United have then... fucked this up. He'll feel like he's not I know, done it seems anything ridiculous, wrong, but, but at the same time... Because he, he hasn't. He hasn't, but he has. Exactly, he hasn't, but uh, he has. Which is why it's so hard. Because I know that Liverpool fans nah, have been quick on this. Because it's, yeah, it's the same word, obviously, that was used by Luis Suarez to re- towards the Patrice Evra. I feel they're two completely, situ- two completely different situations. Luis Suarez was basically calling Evra that as an offence. That's In what he was trying to game. do. And... Edinson Cavani was using that term as a term of endearment. That's where Which the difference exactly is. What if you can't understand that, well. fuck yeah, off. So. Yeah, exactly. That's where the difference there, is there. Um, I, I was going to say... We, we could get stuck on this. Um, basically, I blame Manchester United. Um, Premier League should now force teams. Uh, maybe the, the Premier League need to get together with Kick It Out and, or whoever else that needs to be involved to come up with a training pack you know, like we we have diversity training at Ford that where experts in their field have come up with something that we sit down. You have to do the training, and this is how you behave. Um, and that's just the cultural thing. It's not that they kind of, you, you know, you tend not to hire racists because racists are bad people. You don't want bad people to be amongst your company. But you never know what you get. Uh, but at the same time, you can, that's the thing. You can have the person that arrive, and then yeah. their personality and what they're like comes out after. Like I yeah, said, you know, we, but, we know um, with Edison Cavani, like we said, it was never there was never any malice, and it was never meant in a, in a horrible no. way. Like I said, it was a, a term of. Endearment. I still think he's going to get punished for it, and I feel, and I do feel to some extent, as we said with uh, what happened he with Bernardo Silva, the precedent was set, and at the same time, Cavani will learn. That, that you know, I know, I know it's horrible, but he will now. Well, that will be the only time he ever exactly, makes that mistake. Yeah. Well, you like to think, It'll be the, and you know what. For, for what it's worth as well, it'll probably be the last time you see any Manchester United player make the same mistake like as well. Think. Anyway, let's move on because uh, we, we spoke about Leeds. Guess who's got Leeds this week? Chelsea! Oh, it's us. We've got, got them at home, haven't we? It's the first time. On Saturday. Oof, bloody Ooh. hell. That's, I tell you what, that'll be fun. Be. That'll be fun. Um, because uh, Le- Leeds, like I say, Leeds play a style of defence that I think plays into Chelsea's hands and Leeds play a brand of football that's just exciting to watch. Um I I feel kind of confident that our quality will show out. I think we're the better football team still. I think that was the issue with um, Everton, that when Everton were in those positions, we didn't have the quality to, to then punish them. Yeah. The few opportun- decent opportunities or openings we did have, we didn't punish them. Chelsea have definitely got that in their repertoire with the players that they've got on the pitch. It's it's a, it's a big, sneaky rivalry game. Like Chelsea leads have a rivalry anyway, but let's uh, not yeah, forget that this is, this is Frank versus uh, Bielsa, isn't it? So that's that that... Yeah, so that that'll get spicy as the week goes on. I think we've got we've got Champions League tomorrow. I'm fascinated to know if Frank's going to basically because we're through already, right? We 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 don't have anything really to play for other than obviously ideally finishing top because you don't want that shit draw in the next round. At the same time, that game at the weekend would have been 
marked up a long time ago. Mm. <laughs> you know, Frank Frank will want that as much as Bielsa will. You know, it'll be it'll be interesting. Are you going to call it? You, I mean, we, we said like if I was to call it, I'd say Chelsea just because we're mm. better. But we, players, but we man said for last man. week that, uh, when, that it, when it comes to Leeds, it's almost too hard to call. You just don't know what the fuck's going to happen. It's impossible. I would never put money on on a Leeds football match because they could easily turn up and. Uh, and beat Chelsea and equally could easily turn up and get turned over by Chelsea yeah I'll be definitely watching it uh, well we move on to Sunday 12 o'clock oh god this is a stinker uh, West Brom versus Crystal Palace uh, West Brom actually picked up some points didn't they against a team that yeah. also needed Connor Gallagher the, uh, the Todd Cantwell that, lookalike <laughs> the Todd Cantwell lookalike indeed uh, big result massive result right mm. because uh, Sheffield United should have won it they wasted so many chances mate they just keep wasting opportunity after opportunity. So they're still on one point. And the longer that goes on, it's starting to put your own nail in your own coffin. It's, it's incredible. Um, we, we spoke about it last week, obviously, Sheffield United. It was a really important football match for both teams. And West Brom came out with three points. You know, like Fulham and West, West Brom picked up results, which they needed to. Um, West Brom will be looking so, at this as well. They'll be looking at Crystal Palace at home and thinking... Yeah, Palace are a weird team, right? I can't... They, I can't get a read on them at all. I don't know what they're because they obviously have a great result at Old Trafford, but equally they have other results where you're just like, what the bloody hell was that? Um, yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't <laughs> want to call it, but if if I was... I, I will not be watching it, I will tell you that. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I probably will because Sunday is now my dedicated day to football. So uh, I probably will end up watching it and probably have to sit through the... See, I've got the excuse of kids and I'll use that excuse. Mm. Actually, t- I tell a lie. Sunday. I'm- John Dunn, he listens to this. I think I'm seeing him on Sunday, so this may coincide with that game. So probably actually won't be watching it. You watch it together. Um, but yeah. Uh, speaking of Sheffield United, they're up next, uh, two fifteen at home to Leicester. Ooh. Oof. Um, Le- Leicester will be looking to bounce back. Let's, Leicester let's, play let's well be against real. the good They'll teams. Be... Shit against the shit teams. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a fair way of looking at it. I think that, again, their style of football is a little bit uh, countery, right? They like to play well, on the break. They like to move the ball quickly. Ultimately, that's, yeah, because of the style of play. You know, and you can, you can pick off teams like that. Fair enough, going back to talking about managers for, for Arsenal, there's one at Leicester that might that could fancy work. a crack yeah. at it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I can't help but feel that, that Sheffield United need to start picking up points at some point mate it, it, what we 10 10 we games in now yeah um, you know need to start doing something you can't keep just losing games and playing well yeah. well we said as well last week there's no, I think there's no team that have been in this situation after nine games one point that have gone up I think maybe only one team gone on to stay up or something it, it's, it's they, yeah. they need to pick up points quickly the danger zone. Uh, yeah. uh, obviously, the big game of the weekend is Spurs, uh, the Derby, the North London Derby. Spurs at home to Arsenal, four thirty. Spurs, is it yeah, be a like uh, fans will be there. It has the makings of a nil-nil drab because I think that neither manager will want. Like if Jose, is, they're both very defensive. Sorry, if Jose was, there'll be a pair of buses on the pitch. If Jose wants to, like you know, actually make a point. This is a good game to do because Arsenal, uh, they're not there. They're not in form. They're there for the taking. Aren't the they? He's got the players at disposal to do it. Just go out there and play a bit of attacking football, mate. It's a big game for for both managers. Really, like you say, it's an opportunity for Jose. I think. Uh, to, to really make a, a statement 
like you say, statement of statement intent to, for the title, but also beating a local yeah, rival. A statement to his own players as well. Like if you we go out and beat you know Arsenal and we stay top of the league, the more you can keep drumming that into them. Because yeah. last year we saw obviously with the uh, Amazon documentary, the focus was like you know top four, then it was top six. You know, whilst he's you know yeah. he's on that top spot, he can. Oh, that's all. That's that's the motivation you need. You win the game, you stay top. Yeah, and I mean, on the flip side, massive opportunity for Arteta to get some of those detractors off his back, yeah. right? Beat beat Tottenham, and all of a sudden everything starts to feel a little bit better. Mm. Uh, but you know what? You can kind of feel like, oh, it's going to be a really negative football match. I think what happens when those players probably get on that pitch is that, you know, the, the form book goes out the window, cliche. No I think you probably so. find There's that no they'll... Fans, so you, that- there's 2,000 oh, yeah, fans at the well, games. 2,000 are going to have a huge yeah. impact on them. But yeah. <laughs> Atmosphere. Yeah. 2,000 fans at a 60,000 And you know as well, stadium. as, as Mikey wow. probably alluded to last week, when he said, you know, those 2,000 fans that are arriving or going there, they're not going to be, you know, your sort of working class fans. Straight they're to gonna the box. Be, yeah, they're yeah. going to be uh, your rich fuckers, basically. So is Prawn that sandwich brigade. Um, moving on, we've got 7.15, Liverpool Wolves. Tricky one for Liverpool. Wolves, though, they've just lost it Jimenez is. to a horrific injury. Oh, oh that was mate. horrible to watch. Really bad stuff. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is that as well, uh, Ryan Mason, I remember Ryan Mason getting um, his injury similar well, uh, with mm. Gary Cahill. And um, he never, he obviously had to retire because it just wasn't safe for him to come back. It, it, it just wasn't. And this, this is this is the Pet risk as well. I mean, he, he has a privilege. Well, I said privilege. He's, he's a goalkeeper, Petr-Cek, so you can almost get away with it. Who also got to wear a protective hat as well. I, I'm guessing that as a player, Jimenez could continue with a protective hat on. Um, I don't think there's anything that, in the laws that says that can't be the case. But um, certainly, Petacek coming back after that injury was probably more feasible because of, like you say, being a goalkeeper. Um, big loss. No two ways about it. He's been the driving force for that football team. He's I know Adama Traore takes a lot of the plaudits, but he's he is their source of goals. So so now you kind of look over and Neto obviously he he chips in with goals. Um but you got to start looking at Fabio Silva and go, you know, when 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 are we gonna start well, yeah, seeing something? I've seen the hype with this guy. I mean, I know I, I wasn't really too much yeah. aware of what he was bringing. Um so obviously you boys spoke about, you know, that I think he's good on Time football. To show out. So I was like can't wait to see you. Yeah, well, this is it. Based on it purely, my scouting is all done for a football manager. Uh, he's a star boy on that. I still keep the faith, Lee. Keep the faith. It's a, it's a great opportunity for him as well. It really is. Um, with regards to Liverpool, I think Salah, Salah's back, isn't he, right? He played at the weekend. He, he did back, play yes. at the weekend. Yeah, he did. Um, so they've got their front four. They're just having. They're obviously in Champions League as well the then this week, and they um, they lost to Atlanta, Atalanta, they didn't of, they? So they, they they need they're still playing Champions so League games. Fixture that they need to win. It is, but at least it's a Sunday game. For true, them. true. So Kloppo will be all right. In fact, are they playing? It's the last tonight. Well, we're probably moaning because obviously he had to play on the on the Saturday. Now he's already playing again on the uh, on the Tuesday. But at least he will have a. I've got to say, can I just say as well on Klopp, I know some people don't like it. I love his passive-aggressive oh, press, like post-game interviews. Said, I love said, them. I'm all day about one, them. Since he's walked into that football club, it's fucking annoying because I hate Liverpool, but I love Klopp. I love everything about him. Yeah. Fucking hell, Real Madrid lost 2-0 to Shakhtar, didn't it? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not shocked at all. I'm telling you now, Real Madrid... Liverpool beating Ajax yeah. at the moment. Um, who scored? 
Shall I tell you who scored? Curtis Jones. Um, who the hell's playing for them tonight? Is he actually gone up with the kids? Who the hell is in goal? Well, this is make great, this yeah, great, great rotation great in there. Listening here for the for the listeners. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, I I, do, I can't even pronounce the guy that's in goal uh, for Liverpool tonight. But um, yeah, uh, it's tough to know, isn't it? I, I think Liverpool probably still have too much for them. Um, are they at yeah. home as well? They have a good, very yeah. good home record. They're pretty good at they? home under Kloppo. Yeah, getting closer to Chelsea. Still, I think twenty games okay. off. Um, last game uh, Monday night is the South Coast derby Brighton at home to Southampton be good both teams match. well well drilled by their or well coached shall we say yeah um, I think Mopay's injured isn't he um, needs to stop missing those penalties be a as bit well. of a loss to them yeah, <laughs> coming back to haunt him Every time I see him miss a penalty, he's just I, get the memes of him just crying or doing the crying celebration. Yeah, that 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 penalty at the weekend um, where he rolled it wide. I can't deal with that, mate. Mm. He he will never be pay, taking a penalty again for my football club if he does that. <laughs> like I, I see incredible. Him, I I've seen it. I've not even seen it, so I'm just going to go with your analysis. It sounds horrific. <laughs> Was it really like a slow pace roll wide? It was, was just like, like kind of like he wide. went for accuracy and passed it wide. Yeah, mm. yeah, kind of like okay. that. Yeah, uh, it was um, you know, a big point for them to pick up last minute, questionable penalty. But that's what you get with VAR, isn't it? Look, Liverpool fans cried about it. Kloppo was crying about it. But the facts are, Mo Salah literally got a penalty for that two weeks ago against West Ham. So I'm not having none of this horseshit fucking reactionary <laughs> stuff, especially from you, James Milner, who's meant to be this perfect professional who basically... Look, VAR, the thing with players moaning about VAR, they're all fine when it's fucking for them. But the second it goes against them, VAR's a problem. It's a problem. Mm. Now, fuck off. You're either with it or without it, right? You have to take the rough with the smooth. Um, so I don't want to see these little tweets coming out because if you do that, I want to see the tweets when Mo Salah goes down similarly and wins a penalty via VAR. I want to see the tweets then, James Milner. Let's be having you. <laughs> Woods is calling out James Milner. I reckon you could have him as well. No, he fucked me up, mate. You see the size of him? He killed me. He's he, no, mate. He, firstly, he's an athlete. <laughs> so that's going to be we'll enough get you for him. back in that gym once all this corona's done. Or, we, or you're saying you're getting back into the fitness, mate. I reckon you'll have him. Don't worry. I, I think of James uh, Milner as like boring James Might need Milner. Pep's doctors yeah. for it. <laughs> might, 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 need, might need Pep's doctors okay, to well, help. There you go. There's, there's your fixtures for, for the weekend. Um, let's move on. Winners and losers, or winners and chumps. I think there's only one winner. Um, funny enough, I'm going to go with Anton Ferdinand. Ah, it's a good shout. I haven't watched the documentary. Um, really eye-opening because although being a Chelsea fan at the time, I knew it was going on. I I wasn't aware of what was going on. If that makes sense. Um, brilliant piece by him. Um, he he's clearly still um lives with the weight of it, and it, I think it still affects him to today, which is really hard at times to watch because you can see it still affects him um, uh, but he was really let down by the FA and everyone around it like to go to go to it look um, first things first John Terry should have come out and apologised immediately that would have been the bigger man thing to do he didn't do that he then came up with a horseshit excuse as to what actually happened which is how clearly a lawyer told him as well mm. Um Basically, he suggested that he thought that Anton Ferdinand said that to him and he recited it back Which to is him. obviously bullshit, because why would he say that to him? 
exactly. Makes no sense. But because there wasn't, because there there, there was enough um, in court to kind of suggest that they well they can't prove it one way or another. Uh, that's how you get your innocence. That's a lawyer has told him that, right? There's no two ways about it. Um, I think that if you're, I, I struggle a bit because I, sometimes I think that um, non-racist people, non-racist people can say racist things and not realise, like in the heat of the moment or kind of not really understand why that term is racist. And I kind of thought for quite a while that was maybe what happened there. I, I don't know John Terry, the person. All I know is he's a shit person. Um but I kind of feel that... Well, you alluded to something in the group. He's touched Michael before. alluded to something in the WhatsApp group, didn't he? Yeah, he said something about Ledley King, and I, I don't really remember it, but I, it, it, it sounds like it's, it, when, you know, when it happens twice, it's, it's a pattern, yeah. right? Um, and that's the thing with it. Um, I, I, I think the club as well, uh, Chelsea Football Club, failed. I think Chelsea Football Club needed to get into John Terry immediately and say, that's not how we're handling this. Um we spoke when, about this quite happen? a while back, I think. Can you remind me. 2011. 2011. See, I can't happened. even say, like, so, you know, I mean, it's nine years ago, but I still like to think back in 2011 that by then we had the sort of the knowledge and the education to, I don't know, to kind of, you know, well, stop these things happening and to, you know, take ownership. But then we saw it with, like, Suarez at Liverpool, like, three years later. Well, Suarez happened really shortly exactly. after it. So you can it tells you that we weren't where we we should have been, and this is why um, it's always my fear that we'll, we'll always have an issue in this country, always have a racism issue. Well, the the, the, the worst thing about it, and it ha- every time this gets spoken about, Anton Ferdinand gets attacked online. Yeah, well, the, well I, I, I read the article What's wrong with on the BBC. You? I didn't watch the documentary, but I read the article that you know proceeds to you know in, in yeah. light of it, and he did say I'm basically I, I was made out to be the the, the the guilty party in this, and it's like. Well, because John Terry created this story that effectively made Anton Ferdinand out to be a liar in some ways as to to, to what happened, and that's that that's that, that's what really I think that's that's grim. Like, I, it really it really annoys me. Um, he I, I get why John probably doesn't want to talk about it anymore. It, it must it was probably the worst time of his life. Um, he he lost the England captaincy. His international career was over. Um, it, it was his complete fucking disaster for him. But it was a disaster for everyone involved because they handled it so badly. The one credit is that the FA did find him guilty. Yeah. Uh, the FA were like, no, you said it. Uh, there's a four-game ban and a 200 grand fine. Um, it took too long to get there. Um, it was basically a year later. Very quick question, though. If John Terry was to come out now and take ownership of it and you know admit what happened and apologise, is there any repercussions? Or is it because it's already happened in court, it's done, he was you know proven innocent at the time? Good point. Don't know. Mm. Don't know. Uh, I don't know if then he's in trouble for yeah. lying in court, and that probably is a that's that's probably a bit more of a concern for him than actually the racism, which is a horrible thing to say. But probably in the eyes of the court, that's probably worse. Um, but yeah, no credit to Anton for doing it. It really opens your eyes to it. Um, hopefully, we learn that how better to support people. It's not necessarily how, how the FA reacts. It's how you support these people. He was let down. He was hung out on his own. Um, you know, to an extent, like Neil, Neil Warnock's in it. He was his coach. And Neil Warnock um, almost seemed ob- oblivious 
to what he was going through at that time. Um, yeah, really eye-opening piece by him. I'd definitely um, try and catch so, up on it. Yeah, he's my winner. Yeah. Well, I'm toying between Diego Maradona, which I feel like, you know, should be the given, and then um, Arsenal Fan TV, just because every time Arsenal lose, it is fucking brilliant to watch. I cannot I cannot get Gold enough thing. of it. You know, uh, what is it, you know... It, it, Who's that seething man? Oh, I don't know who he is, but I love him because he's scared. <laughs> What's his name? Who's the seething one? He's, he's terrifying like a skinnier me. version of Claude, isn't he? Um, yeah, he scares me. He really does scare me. And I, you know, I don't know how Ty's got the bollocks to sit there and say what he does in front of him because I'd be like, oh no, no don't, 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 don't set him off. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with Diego Maradona though because <laughs> you know of everything we mentioned earlier, just because of the player he was, and you know, yeah. it should be good to remember him as as a winner ultimately. Um, so yeah. Who's your chump? Uh, John Terry? Chump. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you could certainly put John Terry in there, although by all accounts he's been linked with a derby job now. I've had one set up in my mind and I've completely blanked on it. Um, Lee, can you go first so I can think of one? I mean, my one's going to be just a a sweet revenge because mine is Michael. Michael, Mikey, (laughs) MC&E, the Mikester skills just because every time I'm away from the pod I don't actually to be fair is it you that always actually calls me out as a chump I don't know if it's him or either way I'm, I'm seizing my moment one of you is not in the pod and I am here so I'm going to call that one the chump so unfortunately Michael you are my chump this week hopefully you are back next week if not then you're probably going to be a chump again so yes and I'm babbling away now hoping that Woods has now got his chump I, I was going to go say the fact, I remember what I was going to do because it was going to be Anderson Cavani actually um, which I feel was a little bit harsh yeah. but he was also going to kind of be my winner I was going to go winner and, okay, and lose because that's kind of the situation was but uh, yeah I don't really have a chump which is poor I, you know double what up. I do Come on, I do up, I, 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 no, no, look, he, he doesn't dig me out mate it's just you <laughs> I, like my, <laughs> Yeah, you should pull your tongue out every time. I'm going to go Peter Shilton. Yeah, that's actually, no, fair, fair enough, yeah. Peter Shilton all day. Peter Shilton's my loser. Um, on his gravestone, uh, they'll say, conceded, got got out-jumped Midget. by Diego Maradona, uh, who still lives rent-free. Um, yeah. Uh, had an opportunity this week to be a bigger man about it. Couldn't. Yeah, I, I feel like it's incredible that he in as well. Now, I feel I feel like you've covered him off. Unfortunately, Michael, you're more of a chump in my eyes than Peter Shilton. That's, that's, that's harsh that and it's cold, isn't it? But that's 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 going to cut better, through better when he hears that. Internet sorted then, so then you can come back next week. <laughs> um, so yeah, on, on that note, I feel like we should uh, should end the pod. Obviously, hopefully, we are back next week with a full house that includes. And the tech guy, crucially, because cause we've got the situation now where we've got the files, but we don't have the tech guy to kind of do his stitching. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just boy, I'm just passenger almost still, you know, in this. I let you boys sort that out, you know. I'm just here to, you know, bring the uh, the pretty face and the, and the great voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, yes. I'm still yes. like you know, wallowing in, in in my own like joy of actually working a MacBook. So you know, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty chuffed with that myself. So, <laughs> Fancy yeah, pants yeah. over there. So um, yeah, on that note, um, as always, we are available on all good podcasting platforms. Woods, come up with your favourite, please. Name one of those. 
I, I'm going to say Podbean because that's what I Podbean. always go to. I've never to. heard of this one before. Podbean. Yeah, so we've got Podbean. We've got Podbean. iTunes. We've got Spotify and various other ones. Um, so, yeah, obviously you probably already know that because you listen to us right now on one of those platforms. Uh, join us again next week. From me, I'm going to say goodbye now. Goodbye. Yeah. And Arriva Dirty. From Mr. Woods over there. Yeah. And thank you, Diego Maradona. God rest your soul. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.